Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, welcome to 8.30 service here at New Creation Church. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us by live stream. We are glad that you are with us. Welcome once again. Uh, Praise the Lord. Why don't you look at somebody next to you say, by the authority of God's word, you are not my problem. If you believe that, you can be seated. Praise the Lord. It's so good uh, to see you, to be with you. Uh, this morning, I want to re- uh, remind you uh, that uh, 6 o'clock tonight, we're going to be together and uh, just uh, receive from Mark and Janet Brzee impartations just as this morning, and then tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, uh, we're going to get together. Uh, they're going to be here. We're going to have a prayer meeting, and, and uh, really, I believe God is preparing us. We've been praying for these meetings. Uh, great things are going to take place. Amen. Well, we have uh, been having prayer requests come in throughout the month. This is the first Sunday of the month, and we have some prayer cloths here. And so uh, before we get into the word, we want to pray over these uh, requests, pray for these people. And so if you'll stretch your hands out here and and pray, Father, we thank you this morning. We just thank you for uh, what you have done, all that you are doing even right now, Father, for all the requests here that have come in for marriages, for families, for finance, for healing. Father, we just thank you. You supply every need, not just financial needs. You supply every need according to your riches and glory, all that you have to supply what we need. So we thank you, Father, for a moving of your spirit in the home to bring about reconciliation, to bring about strength, to break down uh, the selfishness and the things that we strive against, that the love of God would prevail and that we would rise up, God, Spirit of God, that you'd uh, uh, move in every home to break down the, the division the enemy desires to bring, bring a revelation of what you have done for each and every one, that the strategy of the enemy would be broken in the homes. Father, we thank you uh, for leading people to the right jobs and the right opportunities. Father, we thank you that you supply financially the needs that we have uh, for every situation. I thank you, Father, for those uh, who are out there, the requests for loved ones who are in the military and serving our nation. Father, we thank you. Angels guard round about them. Uh, Let's say would even dash their foot against the stone. They have divine protection wherever they are. Father, we pray for the sick. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that you shed when you laid over that whipping post. Your word declares that by your stripes we were healed. Father, we pray over these prayer cloths right here, right now. According to Acts, the 19th chapter, where handkerchiefs and aprons were taken from the body of the Apostle Paul, they were brought to the sick and demon-possessed, and spirits left them, and their bodies were healed. Father, we just thank you for that anointing, saturating the cloth, and when it's brought to them, it That anointing escapes the cloth, moves through their skin, into their bloodstream. It finds the very source of what they're dealing with and begins to create a healing and a cure. Not just relief from symptoms, but truly a healing and a cure from the very source. That life would arise and strength and health would be restored. We thank you for that. We pray for each one in this room, Father, that they would experience the healing power of God, the health, the strength, the wisdom of God is provided for us, and we thank you. We thank you so much for everything that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, we are excited. We're, we're very honored. We're privileged. To, I, I always feel tremendously uh, privileged when Mark and Janet come to be with us. Thank you for being with us. Um, some of you know, some of you don't know. Just a, you know, just a couple of years ago, uh, Pastor Mark came into my life when I was 17 years old, and uh, that was just, I think, two or three years ago. Um, but uh, began to bring the Word of God uh, in such a way that it totally transformed and changed my life. And uh, because it did, uh, it has changed our life, the direction of our life. Uh, and uh, subsequently, uh, they've been here many times to impart to the church. But I believe there's some things, you know, you, you always see, see things that God is doing. And God is always working from the beginning to the end. And he's working in eternity. And we have certain things that we come upon in relationships that, you know, come and go for certain reasons. But there are some relationships, I believe, that God has designed uh, to start and remain forever. 
They're just divine relationships. And I believe with all of my heart, the relationship that we have with Mark and Janet Brzee and, and really from their church, their ministry, how it's connected to us as a church is a divine relationship that we have divine appointments. And we've been praying for this weekend as really a divine appointment uh, to receive from the gift that's in their life, not just by hearing, but by receiving uh, those things. You know, many things, we, we talk about this, uh, different things. We'll, we'll have prayer uh, on Monday, and sometimes we talk about prayer is sometimes easier caught than taught. But there are so many things when, when the anointing is present, when, when uh, you know, the gift of God is present. There's some things that we're listening to acutely and we should listen to. But there are also are some things that we just have to be aware of in the spirit. And we have to just allow them to come in. We have to catch them. Right? They might not be just fully to the understanding, but we allow the Spirit of God to bring them. And so I believe uh, even this weekend there's going to be some things there that you're, you're listening to. You're like, hmm, but... There's something that you're just going to catch, an impartation that's going to come into your life that's going to equip you further and bring some understanding to what God has been speaking to you about that will launch you into uh, the next phase, if you will, or some things that God has been speaking to you about. Amen? And so I just believe those gifts that God's placed in the body are to equip us to do work of ministry wherever we are, uh, whether it's in the church or outside where we live, in our homes or whatever. And so we're so thankful for the gift of God in Pastor Mark and Janet. And so if you'll open up your hearts and put your hands together, give them a warm Glenwood Springs welcome as Pastor Mark comes to minister to us. Good morning. Y'all are really lively for 8.30 in the morning. I am so impressed. This is great. Y'all aren't asleep. Now let's see how the next service does. They've had time to have their coffee and be up for hours. Um, just want to say how wonderful it is to be back. Woohoo! We haven't been here since pre-COVID. I know. We were trying to, we're like, okay, because we usually come every year. We have not been here since 2019. I know, huh? Time flies when you have fun. <laughs> but we're all still here, and we're back in church. Glory to God. You know, I used to, um, well, you know, when COVID hit, the whole world literally shut down. Never seen anything like it. In fact, we just got back two weeks ago from Rome, Italy, Sicily, and uh, Nice, France, over there ministering. And um, during COVID, you know, literally, they were, there would be pictures or videos or whatever that would come across my phone. No one in the streets. No one. It was empty. And it was the weirdest thing. We're like, this is so not right. This, the world is waking up again. People are back. But um, I just want to say this. There's a verse in Habakkuk. You know, I used to, that says this. And the, no, glory, and the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth. And I used to read that, and I think, I believe it, but I don't know how in the world that's going to happen. How was the glory of the Lord going to cover the whole earth at the same time? And then COVID came. If COVID did nothing else, it opened my eyes to something. Just as COVID, the devil thought he had the church. The devil thought he had the world. It covered the whole world. But God, his glory is going to cover the whole earth just like COVID did. But we're going to have signs, wonders, miracles, the mightiest harvest coming in this world has ever seen. I'm telling you what, I'm ready. I believe it. It's near. It's closer than we think. God always has the last word. So we're so glad to be here in Glenwood. We're going to have a great weekend. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Yes. Amen. And you stop thinking about that. The, the devil took over the whole world in about 90 days. Think what God could do in about 30. A, a global move of God. Like somebody said, local, local and global, all at the same time. Hallelujah. It's so good to be back with you. We love your pastors. And, uh, you know, man, I'll tell you, back when I think he was 17, I think I was 16, and we met back there and, and uh, something like that. But, uh, you know, you just never know what God's doing to change your life and your, and your future. And, uh, you know, the further you go, uh, the more you see that in life you're going to have a lot of acquaintances but you don't have near as many friends. Like somebody said, you get to the end of your, you know, toward the end of your days, if you can count your friends, if you have friends that you can count on one hand, you're a blessed person. You're real friends. And then you go beyond that, 
and you go beyond friends to divine connections. And those things are eternal. So uh, we're so grateful for what God did back in, goodness, I don't know, long time ago. That's all I'm going to say about that. Long, long time ago. And, uh, and we love this church. can't believe it's been three years. Wow. Uh, we love this church. It's, um, you know, I, I love the way the Spirit of God flows here. Uh, the, the heaven's already open. It's always open over this this house. Amen. And uh, yeah, and it is. And uh, we always have a great time here. And, and uh, the way I like to look at it is, you know, we've our church in Tulsa is now go. It's almost 24 years. And I'm not real sure where the last where 23 of those went. I don't know. But anyway, um, but you know, sometimes you get into a church where you just feel like you're you're. Uh, it's a it's a sister church. You know, it's just the same kind of presence, the same kind of flow. So, so anyway, good to be here. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you so much. We, we so appreciate what you have done, are doing, and are yet to do in, in us and to us and for us and through us and what's yet to come. Thank you, Father, just as surely as there's a dark cloud on the horizon out there. And we've watched the results of that in the last few years especially and it's still moving just as surely as there's a dark cloud of bad stuff out there. There's a bright cloud. It's bigger, it's brighter, it's stronger. And we're walking in the light and there's no occasion of stumbling. I thank you, Lord, the church is yet to see our best days. Hallelujah. I think, Lord, I think the world maybe hasn't experienced their worst days, but I know the church hasn't yet experienced our best days. But we will, and we're grateful for it. And we thank you. We do thank you for this church Thank you for what you have done, what you're in the process of doing. Thank you, dear Father. Hallelujah. The best is surely yet to come. And we, we, we do trust you for utterance today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Well, um, I'll, I'll start out with this. This is, um, this is Pentecost Sunday. All right? Some of you may not have known that. Uh, you know, I've had years where things got so busy then all of a sudden, you know, we're pulling up to church. I look at my wife and I go, this is Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. And I just let it slip right by me. And, and, uh, um, but, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important. It's Pentecost Sunday. Uh, there's a man named John G. Lake. I, you know, he was, goodness, he was from almost 100 years ago. Um, really, he was, he was filled with the Holy Ghost and, and touching the world before our Pentecostal outpouring on Azusa Street. And um, he was a businessman, a very successful businessman. God called him to ministry, took his family, did things here in the States, a lot of ministry here, but then took his family, moved to South Africa, and uh, headed up a move of God. In his lifetime, he was responsible for starting over 600 churches, came back to the States, went to Spokane, Washington, started up what they called healing rooms, and in a period of five years, they had over 100,000 documented healings. Not just healings, documented. That means they got proof somebody was sick and proof that they're well and, uh, in a five-year period. So, so anyway, so I, I've been reading his books uh, by him and about him for 40 years. And, uh, but, but I noticed in one of the writings, he made the statement. He said, I, I won't have this exactly right. I haven't got the book with me to, to go back and look it up. But, but uh, he made a statement that he said, uh, you know, to a degree, we, we celebrate uh, Christmas, Jesus' birth. We celebrate Easter, his death, burial, and resurrection. But if we don't watch it, we, we miss the most important day of all. And I, I thought about that, and, and he said, that's Pentecost. And I read that, and I thought, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got the, we got the birth, the incarnation. We've got the death. We've got the burial. We've got the resurrection. And how could you say that Pentecost is the most important of them all? Because on the day of Pentecost is when the Holy Ghost was poured out on all flesh, and the 120 were up in the upper room. Uh, even Jesus had been raised from the dead for 40, for almost well, 50 days. And um, uh, they'd been in the upper room. Nothing was happening until he got them to experience the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And that's when the Spirit of God was poured out on all flesh. And so, um, you know, the, the, the big life changer was Acts chapter 2 when the church was given a, a, a push, a, a, a surge that's carried us for 2,000 years to the four corners of the globe so far. And uh, so anyway, I said that to say this. This is Pentecost Sunday, and, and um, uh, I'm going to go a little different direction this morning, but uh, I just have a stirring, and, and again, I, I, don't, I never know until it's over, 
But um, I just got a stirring that we might have a kind of a some degree of a Holy Ghost service tonight. Now that's the enthusiasm I like right there. <laughs> so I don't know exactly what that means. Don't hold me to it. But I've just got a, a stirring that we'll come back and, and we'll just have a, you know, the very first Holy Ghost meeting in the church world was Acts chapter 2. You know, when the disciples had to get up and Peter had to say, these men are not all drunken as you suppose, saying it's but the third hour of the day, but this is the beginning of that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith God, I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters will prophesy, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams, and so on. That was the first outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We've been having them ever since. So anyway, so I would just, uh, again, uh, I'm not making any uh, predictions or promises. I just wouldn't be surprised if we didn't come back tonight and have some degree of a Holy Ghost service because that's what Pentecost is all about, Amen. when the Holy Ghost was poured out on all flesh. And I don't know about you, but no matter what comes along, I, I always want my dose. Yeah. Amen. All right? I am a spiritual glutton. I don't care what all goes on. I don't care who takes theirs and who doesn't take theirs. I'm always going to get mine. All right? Amen. So anyway, anyway, um, we're gonna, I'm going to start with Acts, actually Acts chapter uh, the 84. No, not Acts. I'm going to go to the 85th Psalm. Well, I'll back up a little further. 85th Psalm, and I'm going to ver go to verse 6. And, um, um, you know, we're, we're living in, you know, I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. We're living in some crazy days, okay? Um, you know, uh, uh, politically, socially, racially, financially, um, you know, pick whatever area you want. We're living in, in, even to the point of war breaking out between Russia and the Ukraine and all this stuff, all this is going on, and it looks pretty wild out there, but I'm just telling you ahead of time, we got our feet right in the beginning of the, of the greatest move of God that planet Earth has ever seen. Amen. So Amen. don't let all this stuff out here uh, sidetrack you, get you upset, discouraged, downcast, depressed, anything else, because I'm telling you, something's on the way. Just as we just prayed, there's a, there's a dark cloud out there. Uh, if, if you don't know, you haven't been outside, all right? There's a dark cloud on planet Earth. As, as uh, Janet just said, we just, what, two weeks ago, just came back from uh, two weeks in, in Europe, uh, been waiting two years to get back, and uh, this is not just an American deal. This is a worldwide deal, okay? As she said, it wasn't a year ago. You could get videos of the streets of uh, Italy, the streets in, in uh, France, the streets in whatever nation you want, and it looked, like the end of, it looked like the day after the apocalypse. There wasn't anybody there. You'd see every now and then you'd see a police car patrolling to make sure nobody was out there or they're going to get locked up. All that was going on. And, but something's happening. All of a sudden, suddenly, suddenly. Okay, now when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, you get into the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, you're in the area of the suddenlies. But suddenly everything changed over there, and, and uh, I'm telling you, when we were, when we were there, um, it was almost hard to get through the streets. They were packed with people. They were, there was a, we, 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 <laughs> we were going down the street trying to get, we still had to get the, uh, uh, the, the COVID tests. They still made you do that to fly. And uh, we were trying to get to, down to a pharmacy to get a COVID test so we could fly out for home the next day. And all of a sudden we heard all this gunfire going on, I thought, well, we're back in Europe. Um, it's, we've heard that before many times, heard all this gunfire going on and here's a, a, a police officer standing there saying, you can't, you know, in broken English, you can't come down this street. And we said, no, we, we have to, we have to get a, a thing, log stuck up our nose. We have to, we have to go and said, no, you can't do this. We said, we well, have to go down there. And she said, no, you can't go this way. She said, what's going on down there? She said, they're filming a movie. Fast and Furious 10 is being made as we speak. So if, if somebody sees that movie when it comes out and you see this couple running that look like Americans, that's us running through the gunfire. But anyway, but uh, said all that to say, suddenly things are changing. Suddenly things are, are opening up. And, and I will say this, uh, the meetings we did in France, the meetings we did in the Rome area, the meetings we did down in uh, uh, Sicily, um, something's different. We've been, going, we've been going for 25 years. To, uh, to Europe, doing meetings over there. And something's changing for the good. I've never seen the hunger, never seen the expectation. We've never seen, never seen it the way it is right now. And it's gone from empty streets to suddenly 
Suddenly the churches are filling. Friend of ours, you know, we were there two and a half years ago and the church was uh, struggling. We went back this time. The place is packed. They're having to go to a second service. Folks are coming in from everywhere. There's a move of God over there. Amen. And if, well, I, mean, well, I don't got time to go there. But anyway, uh, anyway, and it's really important. I will say this. It's really important over there because that part of Europe is what's part of uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream and the image he saw of the beast and the, the ten toes at the end, which is the revival of the Roman Empire. And that's the end. That's when the Antichrist rises up, the church leaves, he steps into power. And uh, when you start seeing God moving through the ten toes, that's another subject. I'm not going to even try to go there. When you start seeing the Holy Ghost moving through there, a revival of the Roman Empire, uh, pack your bags and get ready. Because there's going to be a mighty move of God, and then we're out of here. So, said all that, say, what verse did I say we were going to? Oh, yeah. 85th Psalm, verse 6. I'm going to kind of fly through this because we could spend hours on this. But um, I've just got one, I've had one word stirring. I've kind of weaved back in and out for the past few days, but I keep getting one word stirring on the inside for this morning anyway, and that's the word revival, okay? Uh, 85th Psalm, verse uh, 6, the psalmist said, Lord, will you not revive us again? Lord, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Lord, will you not, I love the fact he didn't just say, will you not revive us? He said, Lord, will you not revive us again? Will you not I don't know about you. I've been around long enough that I have had my feet in one, two, to some degree, I've had my feet in about three or four different, either major or minor. I, I mean, I was born again in the charismatic revival. And then I went into, which was right after the healing revival, and then we went into the word of faith teaching revival, then we went into a joy revival. I've been around long enough, I've had my feet in about four different major moves of God. And I'll tell you, once you get your feet in one of those, nothing else satisfies. Okay? And so the psalmist is crying out here. He said, Lord, will you not revive us again? Just one dose of the Holy Ghost is not enough for me. Just one move of God just isn't enough. I'm going to read. When you go through the scriptures, you're going to find a lot, of, um, a lot of crying out for a move of God. There's a, 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 an area, one verse I want to read here. Um, um, where am I at? Habakkuk, the third chapter in verse 1. I'm going to read it in the King James, uh, and then I want to switch over to another one. He says, uh, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet here, and he says, O Lord, verse 2, O Lord, I have heard thy speech, and I was afraid. O Lord, now he says here, Lord, revive thy work. He, what's he doing? He's crying out for revival. The psalmist cried out for revival. You don't, it doesn't just happen. It, God doesn't have this time clock where, you know, the alarm goes off, and, oh, time for revival, I'm going to pour one out. There are times, there are times for revivals, times for moves of God. Well, when we hit those times, God will stir the church and the, and the church begins to cry out. The cry has to come from here, the unction from heaven, the cry from earth, and the outpouring from heaven. It starts with God saying, okay, it's time. I'm going to get to that in a minute. But now he says here in verse 2, O Lord, I've heard thy speech and I was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of years. In the midst of years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. Now, that's not real clear to us, so I'm going to go back over to uh, the message translation where he says, God, I've heard what our ancestors say about you. I don't know about you. I've, you know, I've read many, many books about what took place in, you know, in the past, actually, couple, at least 100 years, 200 years, whatever. And I've read what has taken place in the church world. Um, uh, and he says here, God, I've heard what our ancestors say about you, and I'm stopped in my tracks. I'm down on my knees. Do among us what you did among them. Work among us as you worked among them. So Habakkuk, the prophet, he's saying, I got to listen to what our forefathers said. I got to listen to what the people said that went before me, and I heard what you used to do, and I'm tired of hearing what you used to do. You're not the God who was. And you're not the God who was be, it will be, you're the God who is. Amen. Okay? And, and, and I heard that, I've been hearing about that. Well, I've read the John Lake books, and I've read the Smith Wigglesworth books, and I've read the uh, uh, William Branham and Jack Coe and A.A. Allen, I've read all these books, and I mean, I read these books, and I read them, and I read them, and I read them, and I go, God, we either got to have that, or I'm going to put these books down, because it's driving me batty down here. I read all this, and there's this yearning on the inside of me that where is the Lord God of Elijah, okay? Where's the God? I'm not, I'm not interested in what you used to do because I know from the scriptures Jesus Christ 
the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And so anyway, you see this. We see it in the 85th Psalm. We see it in Habakkuk here, the third chapter. And then we see over, we've got promises. We've got over there in, in um, um, Acts, the third chapter, verse 19. Peter's preaching right after the man at the gate called Beautiful gets healed. And Peter's preaching there to this whole group of Jews in the, in the temple. And he says in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, he says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Well, Jesus had already come the first time, so he's talking about the return of Jesus. And so I, to me, to look at COVID taking over the world, and now it's, what is it, monkeypox or something they're talking about? There's always something out there. But the bottom line is it doesn't matter what's out there because we, God didn't say it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until all of a sudden there's a rapture as an escape clause and you're all going to get out of here. No. He said, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. He shall send Jesus Christ, which before is preached unto you. What Peter's preaching right after Jesus left the first time is just before Jesus comes back, you're not going to see the church getting beat up, beat down, and devil's doormat, and hiding in our caves. and all. No, just before Jesus comes back, you're going to see a great refreshing coming to the church. Amen. Amplified says a great recovering from the heat. Many translations say a great revival. God predicted there'd be a great revival. Hosea, the sixth chapter, he said in verse 2, I think it is, he said after two days or after 2,000 years, he'll revive us, and the third day he'll raise us up, we'll live in his sight. Basically, he said after 2,000 years, I'm going to send you a revival that'll be the greatest one you've ever been involved in or ever heard about, and then I'm going to catch you up, rapture you away, and then things will go on from there. What we see right now, don't let it bother you now, because there's a move of God that's not coming, it's already in the works. It's already in the works. It's in the works. We just got to process a little bit more of this. A few more adjustments that need to be made. A little more praying needs to be done. But there's a move of God that's uh, it's in the works, heading our direction. Now, first thing we got to do is just, what, when we talk about revival, what does that mean? Revival, uh, one author described it this way. When, when, the, when the psalmist said, Lord, re, uh, will you not revive us again? Okay? And, and I like the fact that in Acts 3.19, he says, uh, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times, times, plural, not a time of refreshing, times of refreshing. It shouldn't surprise us that we've had seasons of refreshing or seasons of revival that have been going on ever since our nation was formed, and then you go other parts of the world and it goes back 2,000 years from there. So, uh, revival is defined um, one author did it this. He said, revival is simply the restoration of the presence of God. Well, it's people getting saved. Yeah, but that's, that's not all. It's people getting filled. Yeah, but that's not all. It's but backsliders coming back. Yeah, but that's not all. Re revival is defined as a restoration of the presence of God. When you get the presence of God restored, all that takes place at the same time. Amen. See, we get people healed all along, but where we're seeing eight or ten, we need to see eight or ten thousand. We see people getting saved, you know, eight or ten at a time. That's wonderful, but when you see eight or ten thousand at a time, see what happens when revival hits. God magnifies anything he's been doing all along, but he multiplies it. Amen. Somebody else said revival is, uh, uh, is simply the restoration of the presence of God. To the degree the community knows God's here without anybody saying a word. I'm looking for a move of God where you don't have to buy, get billboards and go online and advert. I'm looking for something so big, the worst problem you have is finding where to put all the people. Amen. Put them in the building, put them outside, put up tents. I don't know. There's God. I'm looking for something that's so big. that. And really, there was a, a move of God. You know, you never, you never know what revival's going to do. You never know how far it's going to reach, Okay. There was a revival. I've studied this. I've read it. I've listened to it. i got cassette tapes. Now all I have to do is find a player. Um, I've got, go to the Smithsonian. I've got cassette tapes about revivals. No, actually, our office put them over on CDs for me. Uh, and I think they're in my phone now. But anyway, anyway, at the end of World War II in the Hebrides Islands, which is off the coast of the United Kingdom, UK, um, It'd been two, two wars, World War I, World War II, a lot of destruction, a lot of lives lost. 
uh, churches were empty, got this little group of islands out there, and, and they had an outpouring of the Spirit of God, okay? What happened was churches are empty, people aren't interested in the things of God, but some folks got hungry and started having what they called cottage prayer meetings. And they started meeting, and, and they're meeting, have, having prayer meetings, and they had this one prayer meeting, and, and all of a sudden things start happening. There were these two little old ladies. One of them was, was uh, uh, physically handicapped. The other one was blind. And the blind lady's having visions, and the other one is taking her to meetings, and, and uh, uh, she's having visions of a move of God in the Hebrides Islands. And so anyway, but they all got to praying. They're having a prayer meeting, and, and uh, one day they had a prayer meeting, and the village blacksmith stood up. Just... Holy Ghost came on him. He stood up and he said, uh, God, you said in Isaiah 44, verse 3, you said you'd pour water upon the thirsty and you'd flood the dry ground. God, you said you'd do that. Are you going to do it or aren't you? It's your reputation that's at stake. Are you going to honor your word or aren't you? What do you want to know when you're in the Holy Ghost if you're going to talk to God that way? God, you're going to do this or aren't you? You said you'd pour water upon the thirsty, flood the dry ground. We're thirsty, we're dry, we qualify. I can't speak for anybody else here, but as for, as for me and my house, I have to have a manifestation of the one who sits at your right hand. We've got to have a move of God. We've got to have revival. We need a refreshing of the Spirit of God. God, you're going to do it, aren't you? Well, he prayed that way for a few minutes and all of a sudden realized what he's doing, scared himself, sat down, said when he sat down, the power of God fell said all of a sudden this cottage they were in began to shake. You could hear the dishes and the, and, and the glasses and the cupboards. The building was shaken. They uh, ran to the door, thought it was an earthquake, opened it up, and people are running down the street carrying chairs to an unplanned, unannounced meeting. They didn't know where they were going. They'd, all they knew was God had just invaded their island. And that move of God went on for year, went on for many years. God invaded the Hebrides Islands. You can read about it in history. What happened? They prayed and an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. What was it? it? It was a refreshing time. It was a restoration of the presence of God. But look down the road, you know, I mean, no matter what anybody thinks, um, there was a lady there that came out of that, came to the States and gave birth to a child, got married, gave birth to a child. His name was Donald Trump. So you never know how far a revival is going to go. It went from Hebrides Islands to the States to the White House a few years ago. Uh, there was a revival. In fact, I've just been finding out about it recently. There was a revival in the 1600s in uh, France. I, never, I didn't know they ever had a mighty major move of God. But I found out about it. I had some friends in France. They were telling us about this. They found some books and some archive stuff and, um, uh, with a group called the Huguenots. And, uh, man, a lot of them were killed, murdered, driven out. You know, the... the Religious folks who didn't like them in there. They were non-Catholics, and at that time, that was not a popular thing. And uh, anyway, I was reading just a couple days ago that um, um, when what happened was like 200,000 of them ended up leaving the country, dispersed, just basically to stay alive. Over the years, went to many nations. A lot of them came to America. One of them down the road, uh, a descendant was called. His name was uh, Paul Revere. And another one's descendant was named George Washington. And so a revival in France moved up to Amsterdam, came across to New York, came into D.C. And before, I mean, before long, we had descendants that were used in our nation as a result of a revival that took place in the 1600s. God doing something in our midst, we have no idea how far that's going to reach. You know? So anyway, anyway, uh, another definition. I, lo I love the definitions. Another, another definition of revival is the inrush of the spirit into a body that threatens to become a corpse. I'll say that again. It's the inrush of the spirit into a body that threatens to become a corpse. Well, bottom line is, meaning every time the body of Christ looks like it's going down for the third time, it's done, it's all over. Every time it gets to that point, here comes a revival. And there's an inrush of the Spirit. And every time it looked like the church was a failing entity, here comes a revival, and before long, everything changes. Now, we could spend days on this. But in going back through, just, um, I mean, I, I've got information now on revivals in Ukraine. You wonder why these Ukrainians are driving out probably one of the largest military forces in the world. But you go back through, we've got many Ukrainian friends uh, we used to have a school there, many Ukrainian friends, and I was talking to one recently, 
they're in the States for a while right now. Um, and they said, I said, didn't you have a, a revival in Ukraine at one time? He said, we've been having revivals for years. The core of our nation, we have seeds of revival all over the Ukraine. You wonder why these people have so much spunk to fight back? They've been, they've been birthed out of revivals. In France, in Germany, uh, Germany, a place called Herrnhut, this little town in eastern Germany, made it through communism. They've had a move of God. They, they've had prayer 24-7, prayer for over 100 years. That's pretty good revival. But we could go on and on. But what about, what about good old USA? God's not done with us. Don't write a, do not write America off. I'm telling you, he, he's not done. He's just begun. So you go back through, and, and, and uh, in America, uh, from our beginning, you know, we've, we've always been a little radical. That's all I'm going to say about that. We, we, we're, you know, we are kind of pioneers. We are kind of frontiers. We are kind of, um, well, I won't go further, but, we, you know, we are just who we are. And um, uh, like one fellow told us one time over in Europe, he said, I'll tell you one thing. I've discovered America is not a nationality. It's an attitude. I said, you know, I got to agree with you, but, but anyway, anyway, so we, um, and looking back through, um, by the time America was, by 1799, America was failing. One out of every 17 was an alcoholic. For the first time in history, women couldn't go out on the streets at night for fear of being assaulted. Um, uh, they went to college campuses. They could not find one Christian on college campuses. People had, they, when they did find some on one of them, they, a few Christians on college campuses, they were having Bible studies, but they did it in secret, so people didn't know about it. They were having public Bible burning parties. Our, America was in trouble, 1799. But uh, by 1799 to, to 1800, um, there was a move of God that broke out, you know, up in uh, New England, but then out in western t uh, Kentucky. Okay, the, uh, the, the, the Wild West, Western Kentucky, Logan County, this guy named James McGrady, uh, a man of prayer. He had three churches he was pastoring out. It was a lawless area. You know, uh, if you were in trouble, you'd go there. The, the law wouldn't come after you. It was crazy out there. And he's got three churches out there, and he got his churches praying uh, the first Monday of every month, but he got his church praying every Saturday night and every Sunday morning, praying for him and for the church. And, it, and then he started sending notes to other churches around the area, and it kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And finally, they decided to have a communion service. So they had a communion service, and they couldn't get in the church. People kept coming. Before long, they had 11,000 people that showed up for a communion service. And a move of God broke out in western Kentucky. It spread across America, changed the course. We were a dying nation. People were preaching, Christianity's over and America's done and suddenly God turned, that's where I'm headed with this. Suddenly, suddenly some people prayed. God invaded. In rush of the spirit into a body that threatens to become a corpse. And before long, God shook our nation with a move of God that broke out in the wildest place in the nation. Western Kentucky. Amen. Well, 50 years later, we're in trouble again. We seem to have an amazing ability to need a move of God every generation. What one gets, the next one loses. And so, you know, you get to around 1850, we're, you know, again, we're, we're right at the edge, coming right into the beginnings, a few years later, into the beginnings of the Civil War. We're going to have brother against brother. It's going to tear our nation up. Just before that, God sends a man uh, named uh, Jeremiah Lamphere, sends him to the upper room in the Dutch Reformed Church in New York City, advertises a prayer meeting, okay, one, uh, one day a week at noon. He starts it out one hour. He starts it out for the first 30 minutes. He's the only one there. But then six other men show up. Long story short, it began to, uh, prayer, a prayer revival began to explode. Before long, they couldn't get people in the building. Then they couldn't get them in bigger buildings. Then they couldn't get them in auditoriums. And then before long, they had 150, 150 prayer meetings every noon hour throughout the city of New York. Businesses were closing so people could go pray. It went across America, Philadelphia, Detroit, all, went all over America. They had uh, prayer meetings going everywhere. It went south, and it got all of a sudden the Civil War breaks out, and it invade, invaded the, the hospitals where the wounded were. They said that really 
the, uh, the war didn't end the Civil War. The Holy Ghost ended the Civil War. A move of God broke out, a move of prayer. They said it got so thick that the presence of God could be felt 150 miles out to sea, out from New York. They had, they had ships c communicating with them, saying, we're on our way in. Would you send us a priest or a preacher or somebody? We've got groups of men praying all over our ship. We can't get it stopped. We don't know what to do with it. They had a ship in the harbor out there. Said, send us somebody. Send us somebody. We got people, we got men that are on their face praying on the deck of the ship. And we got people coming down to break it up. And on the way down, they fall on their face, start crying out to God, and start another prayer meeting on their way to break up the other one. They said, then it moved across to Europe. And they said, as, as a result of one move of God, one, one revival, a prayer revival, as a result, they said, oh, best they could figure, over one million people were born again as a result of one move of God. Amen. Now, of course, then you could go to Azusa Street, you know. So we go 1800, 1850, around 1900, you got Azusa Street, 1950, you've got the healing revival. About every 50 years, we've had to have a move of God. We're about 20 years late. God's in the midst of doing something. There's a move of God that's it's, it's, it's rumbling. It's in the works. You see the rumblings of hell, but I'm telling you what, there's the storms of heaven that are about to invade us. Amen. Something's going on big time. Hallelujah. You can go back and you can read um, Tommy Hicks, 1961, had a dream three times in one night about the church being a sleeping giant, but suddenly it woke up and touched the globe, took the power of God all over, all over the world. Brother Hagin, 1963, had a vision. Saw like a ball of fire hitting America. Saw a wave of atheistic communism sweeping across America. Looked like it was going to destroy America. Well, that's what we've been looking at for the past couple of years. Looked like it was going to destroy America. But he said all of a sudden he looked up and here comes this ball of fire out of heaven. It kept getting bigger and bigger until it hit America, exploded into people all over. People had fire on their heads, fire in their hands laid hands on the sick, believers everywhere, took it to the nations. A global move of God broke out. 1986, 1987, a man named Dave Wilkerson had a vision, saw a pandemic break out in New York City. Worked, happened. Saw the churches shut down, restaurants shut down, government shut down, saw everything shut down, but he said all of it and, it, and it went clear across America. But then he saw a move of God break out, and he said it turned from a move of God around New York City or wherever, and it went global. Suddenly there was a global revival. I'm saying all this to say we're heading into a global revival. I don't, I don't know where it's going to break out. I don't care. If it's America, Europe, Asia, Africa, I don't care. But I'm telling you what. And it's So when many are leaning back going, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Others are rising up saying, I know what I'll do. I'll pray and I'll obey and the fire will fall and to the nations will go, we'll pray and things will change and the church shall rise up and do her job and then we'll all get caught away. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, we need to stand to our feet. Glory to God. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Father. It's going to all come out of the local church. It's where it's all going to explode. It's all going to come out of the local church. And I thank you, Father, for this house, what you've done, what you've done, what you're doing, what you're yet to do. I thank you for a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. Oh, my, going further and further and further, north, south, east, west, going every direction. Folks coming from everywhere, get their lives changed, bodies healed, and, and, and families straightened out. I thank you, dear Father. Hallelujah. And it's not far away. We've already got our feet over in that upcoming day. Father, I thank you. Teach us your ways and show us how you move. Father, I thank you. We're about to watch it all come to place. We know we've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. I thank you for it in Jesus' name, Father. Hallelujah. We pray for the church, the community, the leadership, the state. We pray for the government. We pray you'll invade the government with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for great, 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 great inreaches into government leaders. Thank you for raising up voices as you've already done. Raise up more voices so the church can rise up and run. We thank you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, let's lift our hands and let's thank him for a revival. Let's thank him for a revival. Hallelujah. Pastor?
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why don't you be seated for just a minute? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's just something, you know, we've been uh, expressing since the beginning of the year. You know, God crowns the year with his goodness. Again, as Pastor Mark said, you might look all around and think, man, this just doesn't look like the goodness of God. But in the midst of all that, he crowns the year with his goodness. His paths drip with abundance. We see how the increase comes from that in that psalm, that the flocks and the herds and, and the fields, right? And so something's going on when God is moving and his goodness really starts to happen. Then we, we begin to see the church begin to increase, but the fields are white unto harvest. And there's just a, a moving, not just in, in one place, but God's working the beginning from the end and the end from the beginning. He's working uh, to bring about his move in the church, but then the fields are ripe unto harvest. And so he's doing in and he's doing outside. And when it rains, it rains upon the just and the unjust alike. There's just that place again where he says how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity. As we come together in unity, it's, it's a place where God comes and the anointing oil just begins to come down upon the body and it begins to flow over every member of the body that, that there would be an anointing, not just for this place, but in this place that would begin to go out to reach the world. There's something that God is doing. He's going to continue to do. Uh, and we're going to see this revival that we're in the midst of. Amen? Amen? How many of you were encouraged today? Amen. Man, there's a revival taking place. And there's that, you know, where Jesus said, now go wait in Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high. And as they were there and working to get in that one accord in one place, then there came a sound from heaven Right Then, as they got together and, and were praying and seeking God, a sound from heaven is a rushing mighty wind. And that, that which happened in that house on the day of Pentecost spread into all the world in that day. And God is in the midst of doing something to anoint the body and the church to arise, as he said, in the, those prophecies to go out into the world. And, and wherever you are, whatever you're doing, that, that prophecy by Tommy Hicks said, even the ditch diggers and the water washers and the washerwomen, I mean, he explained it from that time, but he said no matter where you were, they were reaching out and laying hands upon the sick, and the sick were recovering right there. So it doesn't matter if you're in your home and, and, and homemaking and the lady next door comes over for a cup of sugar, there's an anointing right there to pray for the family. It doesn't matter if you're digging ditches next to someone. There's something that starts to go on that affects the person next to you as we allow ourselves to step into that, that moving of the Spirit of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, the Bible says if we're taught the word, we are to communicate with the teacher in all good things. And uh, a, a labor's worthy of their hire. And I know you all are generous in giving, but as we've raised our hand and said we were encouraged, the word of God was brought forth, that encouragement from the word of God. We communicate back with the teacher in all good things. And as we communicate uh, with Pastor Mark and Janet, uh, as they said, they're going into all the world. They're going into Europe and different places and ministering the word of God into the harvest field. And so your seed doesn't just come to bless them, but it blesses even nations of the world. And so your seed... Uh, isn't just in one place, but it goes into all the world. And so you know, we're just going to take advantage. The Bible says as we have an opportunity, we do good, especially to those of the household of faith. And so we're going to give you an opportunity uh, to bring or to give an offering to Pastor Mark and Janet as they have brought the word to you. As you look at that, you come back tonight, you let that turn, and you find yourself inspired. You feel something, you know, that takes you tomorrow and the next day. Things that are spiritual are eternal. They continue to work and they go that. And the, as he says, if we have received spiritual things that will go on and on, is it any big deal that we communicate of our natural substance to the one who freely came to impart spiritual things to us? And so we, we get the opportunity to say, I'm going to take what's natural to sow into the one who sowed spiritual seed into my life. Just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that. That which changes your life, the power of the seed. Amen. Seed, if we received it into a heart and we nurture that, will grow up, produce 30, 60, and 100 fold. It fold because it's spiritual seed. And so we get an opportunity then again to sow seed that produces in their life 
and for us down the road. God has a powerful system of seed time and harvest. So if you're making out a check, make it out to New Creation Church. If you're giving by cash or debit or credit card, you can raise your hands if you're watching online. You can give online. Go on to the Give button or give by text. You're here if you're giving uh, by text. The number is up there. Praise the Lord. I encourage you to, to uh, come back tonight. And uh, we're going to have a great time in the Holy Ghost, see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. encourage you to come back, bring somebody with you. We're going to have a great time tonight. Then remember, 7 o'clock Monday, we're going to pray. Amen. I don't know what they have planned to to share with us, but then we're going to pray. As he was talking about, that revival comes from people coming together and praying. And so we're just going to take Monday night, and we're going to pray about some things as the Spirit of God leads us. or whatever the Spirit of God wants to do. So uh, make sure you're back on Monday night. Uh, As we've been praying, I just believe this is a divine, uh, this weekend is a divine appointment. As we expect that, God's going to do things in our hearts and our lives, individually and collectively, uh, equipping us for some things that are on us and things that are to come. Amen? Praise the Lord. You ready? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what we have received. I pray over every single person uh, that has heard the word Uh, this morning, that it settles down. They allow it to go into their heart. They care for it, nurture it. It will produce 30, 60, and 100-fold in their life. I thank you for the opportunity that we have to give right now. And as each one gives today, out of their resource, we declare and command the blessings of the Word of God upon them. We declare that every need that they have is supplied according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and pass those buckets. After the bucket has gone by, you can stand up. me we'll let the not sure raise your hands at me wave at me when we get everything in so people don't run over you while you're are we good praise the Lord praise the Lord once again we want to Uh, Thank everybody who's joining us online. You can be back with us at 6 o'clock tonight as everyone else comes together at 6 o'clock. If you're there in your house nearby, come join us at 6 o'clock tonight. We'd love to see you in person. Why don't you say this? We go, what God did in Christ Jesus far exceeds any damage done to me by Adam's fall. You can be dismissed. Make it a great day. We'll see you at 6 o'clock tonight.